This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 169, Toy Story 3, Chocolati. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. We are your hosts. My name is Chelsea Robson with my fabulous co-host, Morgan Stradling. Hello, hello. Hello. Today is a very special day. We are going to be recording an episode on Toy Story 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the end of an era, as you would say. Totally. Well, until a few years later when they announced, we're back! With hey, more. coming back with more. With more karate chop action. <laughs> so yeah, this was a patron pick by Rita, one of our patrons. We're really excited to talk about this movie. We actually, just on our patron-only podcast feed, for the Roto Rewatch, we just did Toy Story 1. So we are definitely in a Toy Story state of mind right now. And uh, just skipping over to, which is definitely a travesty because it is so good. And I love that. But in that rotary watch, we do talk about two quite a bit. And so now, well, and we've also done and it. In we the haven't past. done them on the podcast. <laughs> we've done one and two on the podcast and it's been a long break between two and when we finally did three, which is today. Here we go. So we wanted to thank Rita for wanting and, and picking this patron pick. <laughs> we also have a new patron, uh, Jessica. O. so thank you for your support. All right, should we get into this? Let's do it. But before we jump into that, I did want to let you know that we do have an announcement that's very important that everybody listen to at the very end of this podcast. So don't be, don't be skipping out on the end, okay? You really want to hear this. <laughs> Andy's going to college. Can you believe it? Mom, I'm not leaving till Friday. What are you going to do with these old toys? Don't you get it? We're finished, obsolete, over the hill. Now, come on, guys. We all knew this day was coming. We're getting thrown away. No, no one's getting thrown away. We ain't ever getting played with. Hold on. This is no time to be hysterical. It's the perfect time to be hysterical. Should we be hysterical? Now. Yes. Maybe. But not right now. Come on. Let's see how much we're going for on eBay. New toys. I'm going to get played with. My nose. There it is. Here's your arm. Give me that. That's Honey, mine. The mustache. We're busting out of here. One, three. One, three. Whoa. <laughs> Two, infinity. And beyond. <laughs> to reset your Buzz Lightyear, insert paper clip. Rex, use your finger. <laughs> 
Did you fix spas? Pitagora espacial. Uh, sort of. Oh no. Oh yes. Return of the astronaut. So, like we mentioned before, we are going to be talking about the wonderful, great, amazing Toy Story 3. So let's do some general information before we talk about the movie. But this all comes from good old internet, you know, Box Office Mojo, IMDb, Wikipedia. And some of our thoughts may come from things that we saw during the bonus material if we owned the Blu-ray or the digital copy. So I did. Well, Chelsea, see, so I'm just letting people know where they can find this great, great information. The studio is Pixar Animation Studios. The director was Lee Unkrich. The release date was June 18th, 2010. Budget, $200 million, which when we were talking about Toy Story 1 recently, the budget for that was ridiculously low. It was in the 30s. It's just crazy to see over a period of, I guess it was 15 years later, how much... This just franchise and the budgets had ballooned, but that's okay because it made its budget back. It did $415 million worldwide, which was not too shabby. Double that shabby. up. What were your first recollections of this film? Because it wasn't all that long ago, but it was still a while ago. Yeah, we don't need to talk about how 2010 was <laughs> so close yet so far. Like, I feel like 2010 was just here and now it's 2018. And I'm like, what? That was almost a decade ago no no i'm not okay with this no no it wasn't but yeah so this movie came out i was serving a mission for my church and i came back in july so i remember seeing this movie in august and this is one of the first films that i was able to see afterward and i was really excited obviously because it was toy story so i've been out about two months at this point when i went and saw it but it was still playing in the main theaters the theater was still packed with people and I definitely remember tearing up a little bit at the end. Not going to lie. It was so good. And one of the main reasons, I just got to say, Ken. Ken. Oh, He's yeah. so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I saw it even not. Okay. I did not see it when it came out because as Morgan was coming home from serving a mission for our church, I was leaving. I actually left on June 16th. And when you are serving a mission, <laughs> you're not allowed to watch movies or media or anything like that. So like your focus is on what you're doing. And I just remember being like at somebody's house having dinner and they're just talking about, oh my gosh. And then when Pixar came out and they did Toy Story 3 and then the pasta double at the end. And I was like, what's going on? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was so just like, oh. And so I wasn't able to see it until, oh, I mean, it, it was 2012 at least before I was able to see Toy Story 3. So it wasn't, it was even closer than it was. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And everyone who sees this movie will always talk about how the ending just kills you. And it really does. Everything just like time stops from the moment Andy goes, you know, is about to donate things. And you're just like, oh, it cuts you deep, man. And I just Mm -hmm. remember I wasn't able to watch it for a while after. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I can't cry like that again. (laughs) (laughs) 
what if there, this, there's a Simpsons joke where they like push the tear back in, back <laughs> in there. <laughs> yes. So this movie starts off just like the first film where we were in Andy's head and we get to see his imagination and how he plays. This is that on steroids and lots of drugs and superpowers. <laughs> right. Because it is full out. This scene is amazing. It's just kind of this hoist bank robber scene and everything is magnified. And just, this is like the first movie showed realistically what little, what kids do when they play and what it really is like. And, but this one is what it's like in their head, even though it's not like that in reality. Yeah, because it, it it cuts straight to like one of the most you know one of the best play times that these toys are remembering, and you know you got Andy who his everything like the spaceship that's built like a a pork the Mr. Pork <laughs> Chop is like built out out of cardboard and just so imaginative, so awesome. Each character has their moment of triumph and you just keep going like, man, this is an awesome like playtime. Uh-huh. Barbie's convertible coming out, playing some <laughs> hard rock metal in the background and we got the trolls who are the chill the orphans. The orphans. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I mean being an Arizona girl, I very much appreciated the opening in the desert and just how it's a cowboy theme and and the fact that it was going back to, you know, in, in the start of number two, you start with the um, Buzz Lightyear opening. And so it's all space aged and everything. And so oh, yeah. it's even, you know, you have to cap it off with, okay, Buzz had his opening. Now it's going to be about about Woody and, and he gets his cowboy opening. So mm-hmm. you start out with the, the branding, the number three in there as well. It's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to see how... Things have shifted over the years. You know, the first movie, it was all about Buzz. Second movie's a little bit about Buzz as well. But at this point in time, Andy's grown up and he's getting ready to go to college. And so, you know, they haven't necessarily been played with a ton in recent years. But, like, everyone has kind of fallen into place. And there haven't really been new toys introduced because there's a certain point when you're growing up that just, and we see this in Toy Story 2, where the toys get replaced by makeup and dolls. In this case, not Andy. Right. Um, he's more more boy-related hobbies Guitars and, and video <laughs> right. games. Right. Cell so phones. there's a certain point where the status quo has has stayed here for a while because there's no new toys to, to break it up. There's still birthday parties, which I'm sure causes a lot of PTSD for these guys. <laughs> but luckily... No, no new toys other than, hey, I guess we got a new video game, which will replace us. But they've already been replaced, you know. Right. And you just look at the cast and they've really whittled it down to our favorite people. So you've got the main characters are still Ham, who I love. I love mm-hmm. Mr. Porkchop. I love everything about him <laughs> and all of his quips and all of his, all right, let's go see what, how much we're going for on eBay. You know, <laughs> I, I just love him so much. <laughs> Doctor e- Evil Porkchop to you, right? And then you've got what else? Oh, um, Rex. Everybody loves Rex. Yeah, Slinky Dog. Which did they replace the voice for Slinky Dog? I believe they did. I mean, I they had to, unless, right? Unless they like went back and used Let's some see. of his old stuff. Um, no, yeah, Slink. it's Blake Clark is the 
replacing yeah. it for Slinky Dog. It says, uh, the character Slinky Dog appeared to be in limbo after the death of the original voice actor Jim Varney uh, in 2000, three months later after Toy Story 2 was released. Varney was placed by Blake, Blake Clark. The producers realized that Clark and Varney coincidentally had been close friends since they appeared in a different film. But anyway, making the transition easier. Oh, these guys were friends, so no worries. Oh, that's good. And then Jesse. We love Jesse. Ah, uh, the yodeling cowgirl. Who does not love Jesse? Well, and also, like, she's probably the only girl toy in there. Like, girl representation. Right. That's actually Andy's. Because there is Bo Peep, and Bo Peep's actually not really in this film, but even then, she was more of just a lamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a porcelain lamp that happened to have, uh, you know, a doll on it with some sheep. But I always kind of thought that was more of the sister's lamp that just happened to be in his room. Be there, <laughs> in his room. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and there's there's Mrs. Potato Head. Well, yeah. Which she Which was a grandma, great so addition. Whatever. <laughs> right. Like, not as many people dress up as her, so they've got to keep the costume department going. It's true. Cosplay is all about <laughs> diversity here, so. <gasps> but you've got Ham, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Barbie is still there. And the thing is, like, aside from Slinky Dog, you know, which his original, his original voice had passed away, everyone else came back. And you mm-hmm. got even Andy is still the same. Sid is this still the same. All of these major voices that were in the first are still there, which is so cool because it's like it really is a family. But like all families, families grow up and move on and have to go and go their separate ways. The family can't be just living in the same household till everyone basically dies. <laughs> um, yeah, some cultures you know, they so, do. <laughs> it's true. That's true. But in this one, he's going away to the old college, and the old, mom gives him the garbage sack. He needs to clean your room. Is this going in the attic or the trash? <laughs> I can understand why he used the garbage bag for the toys, though. Because in my head, I would put them in a plastic container in order to keep the dust off. Right. Because I, I, <laughs> I have a full attic full of beanie babies because you know someday they'll come back <laughs> oh yeah same here in plastic in ziploc bags cases. <laughs> uh, i mean someday oh, man. we we got we really got boiled not, <laughs> not boiled um you are bamboozled my friend <laughs> yes they put one over us for sure but and yet i still have them because you know what they were valuable at one point in time they've got to come back but i, I have to come back they better. My retirement <laughs> this is my life savings <laughs> well i mean there's just there's that box of stuff up in your attic that you just can't get rid of and that is for whatever reason you hold on to it and it's kind of like i mean this is totally like the there's that book out that you told me about that it's like the oh marie kondo the life-changing magic of tidying up it's a great book everyone should read it you were just going to want to get rid of everything in your life (laughs) does this spark joy (laughs) does this spark joy you need to put the item in your hand and look at it this is a very japanese book so you know you got to feel the life force of the item and you basically go through your whole entire house in a day and you take everything off the closets and out of the racks and out of the bins and whatnot, and you kind of put them by 
category. You don't go room by room because if you go room by room, you're going to want to just like hold on to things. So you put everything in big buckets or categories. Then you put something in your hand and you say, does this spark joy? Just like that. You have to be very soft and quiet talking to this. No. And <laughs> yeah. And then if it doesn't, you put it in the pile to donate or throw away. And if it does, then it's something you should keep. And it's really funny. You know, when you look at something and you realize, hmm, yes, my mom did give this sweater for me for my birthday, but does it spark joy? Because I've had it for five years and never worn it. Clearly not. And it, I don't know. I love it because it very, it gets the emotion out of it. Like this doesn't make me excited. This doesn't do anything for me. And so you, you send it on its way. Yeah. Well, and then you also think, hey, somebody else can benefit from this in the same way that I have mm -hmm. in the past, even though that joy isn't necessarily there now. But for right. whatever reason, it's still hard to let go of. It is hard to let go of things, especially things that, you know, previous, maybe previous life or interactions or time, they brought you a lot of happiness. Yeah. But because of changes in life, you just kind of move on. Well, it's like, okay, what is looking at, uh, this is geared toward the millennial generation. <laughs> so what are we as millennials holding on to? Well, millennials kind of have the stereotype of not having a lot of possessions, you know, where they, they don't have the house and they don't have all the traditional things that the parents did, where yeah. they're just wanderers and free spirits. And like, they're not into their material wealth and possessions. So that's a little different than you know, the hoarder down the street who has 50 years worth of stuff and newspapers collecting right. in their attic or and now over spilling into parts of their home. But I can't really think of a lot of things. Everyone's different and unique. Yeah. I do think toys are something that's very universal because they do hold such a very special place in a lot of our hearts because there's so many memories attached to them that we see a lot of people still have their childhood toys, even though they're not playing with them. Like I have a stuffed animal that's at my mom's house and it is of um, a little foot stuffed animal. Aww. And I just look at that and it brings me so much happiness. I haven't brought it over to my house, but it hasn't been thrown away just because it's just a special little thing, you know? And, you know, my mom has a lot of my baby dresses and clothes like really fancy ones that I, I used to wear and she finally gave them to me and it's like well okay clearly these only had a shelf life of a few months before they were outgrown but you hold on to them because the memories and the feelings when you look at them just make you so happy yeah and it's almost as if I get rid of the physical manifesta manifestation of this the memories with it will go away which isn't true right so I need to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> journal, people. Journal. <laughs> but I think it's also like as like somebody who holds on to a security blanket. It's that it's that something from a time that was simpler. It's that something from a time where you felt safe, where you felt, you know, happy. And you I, I like what you said as far as like if you get rid of that physical manis manifestation, will I have that reminder that those things are still there and still mm -hmm. possible? When there's a lot of people that you know, they, they end up looking back more than they look forward. Right. Which is, that's where you get into your own psychological issues. Cause it's like, well, you might as well be, you might as well be dead at that point. <laughs> the, right. the more you're looking back and if you're not looking forward ever, then it's, you got problems. But I mean, 
it's so easy to hold on to these. I, I, I talk as though I've like, no, I've ridded myself of everything. <laughs> but I'm like, not at all. Um, all contraire. I still have lots of crap. And, and yet I say crap and yet at the, like, it has an emotional value to me. And that's kind of like what Andy does here. He calls, he's like, it's all junk, you know, it's, you know, it's my junk, but it's like, it's my junk. It's, it's my stuff. Stay out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, call back to the beast episode one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my stuff. It's my stuff, man. <laughs> and then you even got like Buster to show the, to show the passage of time. Oh, poor oh, Buster. Right. <laughs> I know this poor little dog he used to be so spry and happy <laughs> and clearly is showing his age. And that's what I love about this is that at least for us, this, these films and kind of the storylines of each of the films happened at like the perfect amount of time. You know, when the first one came out, Andy was about seven. You know, we were older. We were maybe about 10. But, you know, then the second one came out and it was kind of all about at least whatever I think of the second one, I think of When She Loved Me, that right. story of Jesse's owner and how the, that owner was transitioning from being a child to a teenager. So I see that. And then, and that's definitely the, t the period that I was in when I saw that movie in 1989. And then there's kind of a 10 year gap between the films and enough where it's moving on to college. And I had definitely graduated college at this point, but still kind of could relate and felt like, Oh yeah, that's definitely me. Right. And so it's just interesting that, the timing and the spacing was, it almost matched in the real world what it was in each of the, the films. Right. And everybody who is among that age group, like, feels the same way. Right. They're just like, this is us. <laughs> yes. I say this just because it's like, I remember when Lindsay Lohan was in Parent Trap, we were the same age. <laughs> and so, like, Your birthday we... is October 11th. My birthday, September 25th, the same year. Oh my gosh, we're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> so like these movies that happen to characters that are among that same age where like that they not all of them do because there's some that just don't hit the right notes. But like there's some movies out there that hit the right chords that, you know, really related to the demographic that they were shooting for. And that's the that's exactly how I feel with a bunch of the there's a couple movies out there that are like yeah that's me that mm -hmm. was right there with me yeah yeah and he he's getting ready to go to college yeah and he can't get rid of these so he's, he puts them in the attic you know supposedly like uh, i i can't deal with the emotional stress of having to actually get rid of these right now so i'm not going to do that i'm going to go put them in the attic and just ignore it for now suppress that feeling right don't confront the problem <laughs> And yeah, but that's not really what happens. They get put in the wrong, wrong place. Well, Morgan said you, as said before, they were, they were placed in the garbage bags, which were then misplaced and, you know, actually thought to be garbage. And Morgan on our last episode of the rotoscope of the rewatch, when we talked about toy story one, she asked the question, at what point in time does a toy actually die? Like, what is a, the death of a toy? Because when you take the batteries out, you can just put new batteries back in. You're back. You know, you change owners. It, the, 
you your life starts over again with a different owner. And in the commentary, Lee Unkridge, he made that exact point. And he said, I was going through and figuring out, okay, what is the death of an actual toy? Well, that would be the dump, the incinerator. That is the real death of a toy. <gasps> Fire. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they set that up for you in the very beginning of, like, we are going to get thrown out, which is even worse than the attic. It's the absolute worst thing that could happen because that is death. And, of course, Sid is the <laughs> garbage can. <laughs> the garbage man can. I'm not going to sing the whole song. If you want to see the, the whole garbage man can, you're going to have to become a patron to check it out. <laughs> but in the Rotary Watch, I did sing that song, which brings me, oh, so much happiness and joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this movie was so amazing at just bringing out all of the emotion of those transition years. And every mm-hmm. transition that you go through of, of going, of that giving up and letting go of, to move on, to do something else and to, to, to have new beginnings, fresh starts right. and things. It's, it's so amazing at helping even me like go through like, okay, these beanie babies. It never really <laughs> did bring me that much joy. I would, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> okay. So the transition years. Yeah. So all the toys now they're like, they realize they're on the, they're on the street and they need to not die. So they're going to escape and jump in the sunny side box, which means they get Ooh. donated to a new place. It'll be great. Awesome. And of course they show up and you get like, okay, the little Jack in the box is actually the voice of Lee Unkrich. <laughs> and he, he was like, yeah, I get, I got two voices. I got the, I got the Jack in the box at the very beginning where he says new toys. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, um, a big baby sound or something that he does. No, uh. no, he doesn't do big baby. He doesn't, one of the other random toys toward the end, I can't remember at the moment. In hey, the, if I were the director, the I absolutely would be putting myself in the movie, oh, whether it is yeah. my likeness or my voice. It's going to happen. Another suitor for the princess. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> well, but this is when you meet Lotso Huggin' Bear. Uh-huh. I'm a hugger. No owners. <laughs> he's, now, he's now become like Goofy, huh? yes no owners means no heartbreak and that phrase was really like stung me a little bit because it's like man like that's so easy especially when you've been it just goes to show those people and i've i think we've all been in those situations where we have been hurt one time too many Mm -hmm. and then we totally just we don't open ourselves up again to having a like a real relationship with someone, you know, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be like a romantic thing. It could be a lot of things. Like there's a lot of different ways. It's like, I was hurt by this one thing that one dog bit me. Therefore I hate dogs. Mm -hmm. And so there's like no owners means no heartbreak. I was just like, Oh, that's sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which goes against everything that every toy story is about, you know? Right. Well, because, so, yeah, they're coming and they have this new way of thinking and this new way of life, which there aren't owners. And these owners, even if maybe you do have the same consistent person for day to day, for a few months to a year, they, they eventually filter and grow out. Right. But there's always new ones coming in. 
So you're always being satisfied by having, you know, by being played with. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I, I, I can see how someone who's come from an environment where he's been totally abandoned and hurt, where he's getting that happiness in another way. It's like, I don't, I'm not, I do not want to commit to one person, but with this, I'm able to still feel happy and get that. But the spectrum of happiness, I think is much smaller in this situation where yes, you know, you're going to have highs and and the lows are going to be not as bad. But when you have like one person that's, you know, your everything, like your highest highs are going to be like off the charts and same thing with the lowest lows, because you can be hurt so much, you know, it's, I kind of think they say when you have children, it's that way. It's like, Oh, you think you know how to love. And then, you know, it's just, here's your range. And you, most you ever get to is a 10 and the lowest you get to is, you know, negative 10. But then when you have kids, it's like positive a thousand and negative a thousand. It's just like the swings and your capacity grows so much. And that's, I think kind of applies to having one owner. That's just, you're one and only right. Yeah. But, and then, so when they go back to this, childcare facility, it's like shrinking it down, which when you've had one, can you go back down to the other and only have this limited range of happiness? And for the most part, they, they like it and all the other toys seem to like it, but they know there's something more. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say like one of my favorite characters in this whole movie is Barbie as well. Yes. I heart Barbie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Barbie from the first movie, from the second movie, it's where she has her coming out appearance, you know, because by that point, Mattel finally said, yes, please put Barbie <laughs> in your movie. And then by the third one, they were, yes, please put Ken in your movie. Right. And so we have Barbie, who is just such a doll. <laughs> such a doll. <laughs> no pun intended. But no pun. really, yes. <laughs> Well, it's played by the amazing Jodie Benson. I, mm-hmm. How do you not love her? Her picture on IMDb is Ariel. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> she owns that. <laughs> and I, I, I applaud her for doing that, for making that her, her profile picture on IMDb. But, I mean, I just I love how she's like, to Ken, you have everything. And then he says, everything except someone to share it with. their relationship and everything about those two together it's like we were made for each other yes it's amazing oh that was my favorite part of this movie like low-key part you know Uh (laughs) subplot (laughs) no they did a really good job of introducing that because clearly um Andy's mom was not the cool mom who allowed her kids to have a Ken, which there are parents like that who say, yes, you can have Barbies, but you're not allowed to have the boy dolls because bad things happen when you have a girl or a boy doll, apparently. (laughs) I I had cousins who that was the thing. And so they're like, fine, we want a boy doll. So we're just going to pretend this Barbie is a boy. And (laughs) off we go with our romantic adventures. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think I had a boy doll. Yeah, oh, I, had, I had quite a few. I, I, had... I know you did. <laughs> I remember that one time that we were, you had your cousins over and we just played with Barbies that night. No. This was like five years ago, guys. <laughs> no, this was more like 10 years ago, but still. 
we were at your mom's house and like you were just like we wanted to have a last time where we pulled out our barbies so you've invited your cousins or your neighbors it was either your I don't or your recall neighbors. this at all. <laughs> I totally recall this. Yeah. So you invite, it was your, your two, one is a blonde oh, and one friends. is brunette. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sarah and Jenny. My yeah, Barbie so, friends. Yeah. Your Barbie friends. <laughs> they came over and then we all just pulled out your Barbies and just played with them. Like no joke, less than 10 years ago. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. No. The, I don't, I kind of vaguely recall it now that you mention it. When he said cousins, I was super confused, but now you, I know who you're talking about. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I didn't have a Ken. So, like, the idea of having a Ken was something else. Like, man, there's the possibilities are endless. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Barbie has never seen a Ken. Or I'm sure she knows he exists, but it seems that, you know, this was not a thing in the Andy household. So, <laughs> or love your leg warmers. Nice ascot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what they do with Ken is in this movie is just so genius and great. Like he's definitely kind of the aloof into himself sort of guy because that, like, that's what Ken is, you know, right. in a way. And he's very much, he's a part of this master plot, but he really doesn't, um, he's not aware per se of what's happening and finally does catch on and, and, you know, makes a decision to do what he's going to do. But in the meantime, Hey, you got a Barbie here, which I'm sure there've been lots of Barbies at that daycare. Let's just be real here. It's not the first Barbie he's seen, but none of them are like her. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> ah, those, those quotes, yeah. The quotes are on the perfect. Oh, time, so amazing. <laughs> But I remember some of the promotion that they did. Pixar always does really cute promotion leading into the release of the film. And they had these like fake Ken commercials um, or like these PSAs with Ken. And go look them up on YouTube. I'll include them in the show notes. But they are just really funny and hilarious. And because for me, when I saw this movie, Ken really stole the show. I could not get enough Ken. I wanted more Ken. His scenes, like the one where they go and it's like the fashion wardrobe <laughs> changes with the music. And it's just so good. It, they really, yeah, <laughs> they did a great job in just playing up these characters and having a lot of fun with them. Nobody you know, cares the fact that he had a dream house, the <laughs> dream house, right? So iconic. Oh man. Amazing. Well, thing is, like, Ken did have his own dream house. There was Barbie had one and Ken had one because, you know. Got to sell that merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have that every house on a block, you know. So, oh, it's too bad they couldn't get Midge in there, man. Ah, missed out. So, I mean, the one thing that I noticed in this one that I don't think I noticed in other ones is when they walk into this room and everyone's like, new toys, yay. And you have the phone and he like keeps going and hitting and running into Woody, like as Lotso Huggenbear starts coming through and I'm just like, oh, the phone is trying to warn him. Mm-hmm. Started out, you could tell he's like really insistent, but Woody doesn't understand. Please get out of here while you can. <laughs> the doors are open, run. As I said, I watched the commentaries and Lee Unkrich and the producer of it, they were on it and it was, it really opened my eyes to how many details that they went through. So first off, when they have their little tiff at this point, 
they have their, their little fight where it's like, well, we're going to stay here. Well, no, you need to come back home with Andy. He's he's your human. He's your kid. You got to go back to him. And to the point where everybody's like, like, open your eyes. Like, have a, like this is what happened to us. Yeah, you have it made, but the rest of us aren't as lucky. And but what he's like, no, but. Like he's so mad at them for being self for being selfish, and really, that's what as we were talking about that when you go into it with with a only looking for out for yourself, that jaded mentality, no owners means no heartbreak. You know, you're it's selfish, and and he's just like, no, you guys got to come, and, and like, come on, Buzz, and then he's like, so you're all going to stay, and then Buzz goes out and like ha- gives him a handshake, you know, but Woody refuses to shake that hand, and it's like. It's so perfect because they build it up. So at the very end, when they're, you know, heading toward the end, the as it is the end of the line, Buzz once again reaches out for Woody and Woody takes it finally. You know, it's like it's like the perfect chiasmus, mm-hmm. only not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I just love the craftsmanship that they used when they built this story because it, it earns every laugh and it earns every tear. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. And even when it's revealed that Lasso is this villain and then there's this plot, even then the stakes are real and they're high and you feel it. Yeah. And so then it becomes this amazing escape, prison escape movie, right. which you would <laughs> never think from a Toy Story film, but it's kind of one of the best prison escape scenes of all time. And it's, and you, you're believing it, and it's not like, oh, this is just some animated movie, some cartoon. Uh, you're so invested in the characters and that they get out at this point. Well, it's really, Lasso, really amazing. Yeah, like he's they do so good at showing the side of how conniving he is and how you know he smells like strawberries, <laughs> and it's like you. You would think that this is the one that's supposed to be the guy you can trust, but in reality, it's like, wow, you are evil. Like, and they they do a really good job of showing that and how he, showing his his turnaround of like how he's lying to everybody else. Like, no, they they left, they replaced us. No, they replaced you. No, they replaced all of us. Kind of like if I can't have her, no one can have her. It's like, whoa, dude, you got issues, but. Like uh-huh. he's just like, and I think the, like all the people who are on Lotso's side, I feel like the, or all the toys that are on Lotso's side, I feel like they're kind of more on his side just for safety rather right. than because they actually agree with what he's doing. Cause right. you know, Ken is just like, Hey, come on guys, this could all be cool and groovy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens when sometimes people are stuck in a situation, you know, they don't necessarily it doesn't start out that way and they just slowly end up on the bad side of things, but then, and they don't really believe it and support it, but there's no better alternative. So I guess I have to stick here because I, there is safety in being on this side. And right. I think a lot of the followers of Lotso feel this way because he's become a dictator and he has this massive, you know, control over everybody where if they all just talk to each other and, you know, (laughs) use some agency, they could totally overthrow him. No problem. You know, there's only a few toys that seem to be really, you know, loyal, but they don't. And they're they're like, okay, things are okay. And this isn't the best. And we know he's bad, but it is what it is. And then off they go. Yeah. The Caterpillar room, man, that place brings me so much anxiety. (laughs) 
I really, I like there's, they do one, they, they film it that way and they've got the greatest music in there to really add the angst. But the fact that it's like so much chaos and so much just destruction <laughs> and carnage, I'm just like, oh my gosh, kids, right. get me out of here. <laughs> I can't take it. Woody leaves for a really awesome escape route. Like, through the bathroom and all that oh, type yeah. of stuff. And the kite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that was really cool. <laughs> it was really thought out, really clever. And every scene, I was just looking forward to, okay, what's the next thing that they're going to do? How are they going to get out of this one? How are they going to get out of this one? And, you know, that's one of the things that Pixar does best. And this movie is it's very cohesive, and it feels like it's part of the same universe. But at the same time, it has just a different vibe, and they go in a different direction with it. And they they just knock it out of the park. Yeah, they really do. F-A-O, my swords. <laughs> uh, another reference. Good thing they didn't use the old Toys R Us because that's <laughs> that's going to be a dated reference. I mean, as if F-A-O, Schwartz is not a, that's not a very widespread toy store. But right. uh, with, with toys, toys R Us being announced that it's going to be leaving us soon. Yeah, good yeah. thing they didn't make any references to that. Well, here we go, and we meet Bonnie, and the toys in Bonnie's room. Oh, yes. So after Woody's bathroom escape, he is on the kite, but the kite breaks, and he falls down through the tree, and the most amazing (laughs) Matrix landing ever, where he just, like, (laughs) his string gets caught on one of the branches, and he just goes down, barely not hitting the ground. (laughs) It was just so great. So he's hanging there, and then Bonnie walks by and says, oh, a cowboy. <laughs> Take mm-hmm. you home with me. <laughs> oh yes. Mine. Ooh, money, 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 money. See, I'm wondering if you're the if you're an employee of the daycare, uh, I I don't think her mom owns it, but it just kind of works there. I mean, do you get to just take home whatever toys you want? Probably not, but in this case, uh, hey, this is sitting here. I'm going to take it. You are now mine. Well yeah, it was outside. Right. Not in the not inside. Yeah. So I would say it's free game. <laughs> on public property <laughs> I'm sure road, someone it was the intent was that was trash so I'm in a litter so right helping the environment you know so yeah Bonnie's room is really interesting because she is even younger than Andy when we first meet him in the first movie mm-hmm. and her imagination is just so vibrant and and different and and she's so happy and toys are really her life and she has this collection of toys, which it, it's funny that they, these characters are now almost mainstays of the Toy Story franchise, even though they were newly released. There's Mr. Pricklepants, Trixie, Buttercup, and Dolly. So those are kind of like the four main ones that they introduce us to. And then there's the little peas, but they don't really talk. And then there are some cameos. We have a Totoro, which is there, which is which is fun to see. But she has a lot of toys and she has a lot of imagination. And so, oh, they're, they're more like free spirits. Like, oh, we do a lot of improv here. And, <laughs> oh, you're going to fit right in. <laughs> in the commentary, he talked about how he wanted to make sure that the dynamic between the toys in the room of Bonnie was different from the dynamic that they had at Andy's room. Because mm-hmm. in Andy's room, it was kind of like they were all like office colleagues like, this is our job. This is like, come on, staff meeting everyone. Come on. Right. Well, at, 
And in Bonnie's room, it's kind of like they're all thespians. They're all actors in a play, uh-huh. want, like waiting for their time. Like, so I think that we're either in a parrot, in a cafe in Paris, or a coffee shop in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and I may or may not be coming home with some life-changing news. <laughs> so it's just like, like this is a really different dynamic. And I liked that they changed it up because it's like, yeah, it's a different house. It's going to be different toys and different things. And of course, we I love when they bring in Chuckles. Oh, <laughs> Chuckles. And he tells a story about how, you know, he was with Big Baby and with Lotso. And, you know, he's the one that gives us the the story of how it all went down. Mm-hmm. I love it because it's kind of a very more somber, melancholy version of the story that we hear from Jesse yeah. in Toy Story 2. But it's kind of become a staple of these films that they, they hey, let, you got to have tell the backstory in this way. And the backstory that at that point on really opens your eyes to why Big Baby's the way he is. Is it a girl? Boy? Hmm. Didn't really say. <laughs> but specifically why Lotso is the way he is. And so we can see that he is really jaded and this is kind of a way that he's managed to cope. And that's why he has that philosophy of, you know, no, no owners means no heartbreak. Because mm-hmm. he's really just encapsulated himself in and does not want love in his life. Yeah. It's almost well, transactional with the kids in the daycare. Yeah. Well, and also you look at in Toy Story 2, Jesse, Emily grew, quote unquote, grew out of Jesse. Mm-hmm. And but in this one, the child didn't grow out of Lotso. He she just lost Lotso and the parents trying to get her to not cry anymore, bought her a new one. Right. And so he's like, we were replaced, which in the document, in the in the commentary, he also made the comment of like his story is pretty similar to what Woody's would have been if that would have happened. Like if I mean, if they could have replaced Woody, if he came home and saw that he had been replaced, what would he have done? And Lotso just happened to make the decision of go the negative route. And but you think about how jarring that would be, too. It's like you just replaced me like easily because I'm one of a million Buzz Lightyear's. Just get a new one, you know? Like, whoa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> no, that's way harsh. But I, and what was really cool about how, you know, Bonnie found Mr. Chuckles because he was broken and brought him home. And so he's, Mr. Chuckles is in the corner, like always crying. <laughs> but <laughs> he like, he has been saving this little heart shaped doodad for, that says Daisy on it for all of these years and had Woody not spent time at Bonnie's house, he wouldn't have gotten that little bit to be able to make the full ending with big baby come, come around and get a reaction mm-hmm. out of big baby, yeah. which is like nice. Oh, I know it's very good payoff at the end yeah. where we see all these characters who kind of been in these chains where, because that dictator is gone, that they're able to just open up and be themselves. And this character named chuckles, who his whole point is he's supposed to be, like this happy clown, not like this scary, sad, depressing one. <laughs> so I'm glad to see him return to life. Me too. I like that when they, so they've gone in and they've reorganized, they've put Buzz onto demo mode, which is different than his factory mode. 
Demo mode is a lot more angst and a lot darker, it seems. And they wanted to do that. Like they wanted to to make that demo mode being different from factory buzz mode. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and so it's just like, the, you know, these there's so many of these horror movies that come with like when the doll turn like a doll, which should be warm, cuddly and, and friendly, <laughs> turns to be <laughs> the worst thing ever. <laughs> demonic and and, uh, killer (laughs) but buzz he's just he's not a demonic killer at all he's just a little darker than his normal self so i like that they did that because they've already used that gag yeah but the funny thing is with this with the spanish mode buzz is one of the original buzzes Uh you know what i mean so i just have a hard time believing that like the very first model one they had a bi- bilingual buzz. <laughs> How do you we know? know? May- maybe future ones I could see where they would expand his capabilities, but I don't know. Apparently, they saw the dual market and they captured that for their V1 <laughs> release of Buzz. But yeah, Spanish mode is so different because it's it doesn't even change. Just it's not just how he talks; it's everything about his essence. And how yeah. he moves and how he talks to Jesse and he's much more suave and he has these dance moves and the old Buzz, you I guess you don't really realize it. You think I never thought anything was wrong with Buzz, but then you see it and he's he's very just like kind of cut and dry compared right. to Spanish Buzz. Spanish Florecito. And that's where we get the humor, but what's really interesting and funny is that I was talking to a friend of mine, she's from Brazil but she was living here and she was like, yeah, you know that part in Toy Story where he turns to Spanish? Everybody in the, in the theater laughed except for me. I didn't see the humor. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> is this a, I, I don't know, is this just an American thing? Do we just like, is it just because Americans are more, like we just, we are more cut and dry than other cultures because like in brazil and latin american countries and specifically spain in this case is what they're going for for spanish buzz like they're a lot more passionate about a lot of things so what is (laughs) i think it just is funny because it is so different from it's like if one of us would be you know just change your entire who you essence based on a language like what the uh-huh. you are completely different now <laughs> yeah you know it's kind of funny you say that like she couldn't see the humor in it uh-huh. um, but supposedly we're the ones that are so cut and dry but we see the humor in that where what, it's supposed to be this fun and hilarious scene she's like I don't it's get like it. one of the most hilarious th- <laughs> th- scenes <laughs> right i don't get it why is everybody laughing he's just going into spanish okay <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> Which I just thought was amazing. Okay, so here we are, and this is one of the highlights of the entire film, which is this prison break scene. And it's awesome because you have these Toy Story movies, and they're very cohesive in the story that they tell, but they, they, each one's different and unique. But with this, what I think is so cool is that it's like a movie within a movie because prison break scenes are very famous, and this is considered to be one of the best just because it's so funny and it's so creative and it's just very suspenseful and it's not just quick and short. I mean, it takes a decent amount of time to get all these characters to break out 
And I just absolutely love this scene. Like you just watch this scene and have a smile on your face and how awesome it is. The monkey. Get rid of the monkey. <laughs> yes. Well, and then you you go in and you talk about like tortilla head as opposed to Mr. Potato Head. I had a question about this. So it's like he can move his his self, his soul basically <laughs> follows which exact pieces of this. That's my question. Right, cuz it's clearly not the body. Well, yeah. or maybe it still is the body, the actual potato. You would think it the potato is the essence. Right. But no, apparently not. Apparently if the pieces are somewhat in the proximity of something else, then that takes over the essence of that something else. In this case, a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a soul snacker. <gasps> but I was thinking, yeah. like, at what, like, where is his little I am? Is, like, where is, is, is the, the essence? <laughs> is it the mouth or the ears, the feet? I mean, these are the questions. Like, <laughs> I don't know in this world of Mr. Potato Head does the eye is well because the eye with Mrs. Potato Head it still works but she refers to it as my eye so it's not a singular thing of I am it's my eye my piece but it's like her I don't know I'm thinking too much into this I know but (laughs) that is what I got out of it and so he went from a tortilla to a zucchini to you wouldn't believe the night I had tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the prison break was so well crafted. I really appreciated it. But to no avail, Lotso Hug and Bear cuts him off at the turn. Mm-hmm. That darn, darn bear. You know, what, what they keep mentioning, like, oh, he smells like strawberries. I'm like, how old is this guy? How many times has he been played with? Does he really still reek of dirty hands, strawberries? I don't know. Hmm. That is odd. Maybe he just like re- I bet he refreshes doesn't smell himself. that great. <laughs> Maybe he refreshes Maybe himself. Like, like a pack he... that you can replace the scent in. You know, it's kind of like an air freshener. Right. Now that's a toy. You know, some of these kids' rooms are pretty <laughs> stinky and smelly. So if you just make one of their favorite toys an air freshener, haha. <laughs> We got you. There you go. <laughs> That's a tangent totally unrelated to the fact that, you know, he stops them. But <laughs> he <laughs> but does. Still. And smelling great. Or maybe not so great. We don't have smell illusion yet. So we can't tell. I used to have this little toy, that I, a little doll who smelled like chocolate. And I have no idea what <laughs> toy line she was from. But I love that toy because she, even years later, she still smelled like chocolate. And I never figured out how. Like, at what point in time does the scent wear off? So, I don't know. Maybe it was from the same line. Uh-huh. But she was plastic and not a stuffed animal, so I don't know. <laughs> Chocolate-smelling doll. Guys, if you know what this chocolate doll was, send Chelsea a message because she really wants to know. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, you know, they don't make the prison break. It's unfortunate. But... This is when the followers say enough is enough and Big Baby comes and grabs him and throws him away. They Ooh. realize what a crazed it, lunatic he is. The Darth Vader moment where I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to overthrow <laughs> the master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were thinking, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yes, I'm 
that's very reminiscent of, <laughs> of Star Wars. <laughs> but then, you know, you think, oh, okay, great, that's the end. It is not the end, because here comes rolling up the garbage truck. And unfortunately, they've so get carried away in the garbage can and then off to the dump. And very quickly, I mean, this is a very efficient dump. They don't just dump things and let it sit there for a while. It's like, nope, we got to get rid of this. We're burning all of our trash. Thank you very much. And this is actually a very frightening scene because it's oh, so Lotso still there, right? Yeah. 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 Well, Lotso is there. They get they get in the in the tunnel thing and they catch on to all of the metal that gets shot up to the top. <laughs> yes. And so but Lotso, he needs help. He's stuck under something. He's like, please, someone help me. Help me. And Woody, being the awesome guy that he is, drops down and gets down there to help him. And they, then he and Buzz and Lasso all tie on to a, um, it was a golf club. Which are you really throwing away? I yeah, I yeah, guess you People are throw away go- mm-hmm. golf clubs. Like this club from the seventies that my dad still thinks is amazing and gave to me. <laughs> no thanks. I'd rather uh, use a golf club that was manufactured with the latest technology. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. All right. So <laughs> these are in, like. The whole case and all. But anyway, so they, they grab onto the golf club and they get shot up to the top to go over the the scrapper, I guess I'll call it. And that one, then they drop down and they're like, oh, hey, everybody. But then they realize, oh, look, it's the sunshine. Nope, that's not the sun. <laughs> I I loved how they, you are rooting for Lotso to go up and push that that ending, you know, the emergency stop button, everybody helps him to do it. And he's like, just push the button. Well, have a good time, sheriff guy. And just like leaves them to die. Like, man, mm-hmm. Lotso is evil. But I mean, that moment when everybody is in there, just kind of like banning together. And in the commentary, he was like, you know, it's kind of like when people are, if people were on a, a plane that's about to go down. What do you do? You just hold hands and, right. and face it with dignity, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. And they were going to face it together as a family. And that's just, oh, it was so good. But even better is the deus ex machina moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the claw. <laughs> so deus ex machina is a term of storytelling. Basically, it means it's like a lesser and lazy form of story writing where they basically it means like the hand of god comes in and picks them up like basically takes them out of of whatever danger that they're in even though there was absolutely no way of getting out of it and normally that would bother me but it didn't at all because it was the aliens using the claw (laughs) which made total sense to me you know yes yes they built that up over three movies and they even reminded you of that like at the beginning when they when they first get to Sunnyside they have like there's this little dump truck thing with a claw come down and so the the aliens say that again that claw you know right. and at first <laughs> you think that it's just like making a fun of the of their origins right hearkening mm-hmm. back to number one but then they're, they're actually building up to the end like reminding you that this is what the aliens do and I just thought that was genius, like how they they pulled off a deus ex machina with class. <laughs> mm, yes. It's great. Awesome. Uh, overall, this movie is just awesome. It is. And I, I mean, after all of this, they finally get back home. 
because they see Sid there. <laughs> oh, he's going to go back to our neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> so he does. And he goes back. And like it, it is Sid that brings them home. That's kind of poetic. And then they, they go back. And this is the moment that everybody remembers about this movie. Because yes. it is it is so heart-wrenching and so universally applicable that everyone, I mean, it's just, it is amazing. Like I said, they earned every laugh. They earned every tear. Right, right. So he's, oh, I can't even talk about it because it's just <laughs> so sad. No, but, uh, you know, he's he sees, hey, you know, this these toys could bring a lot of joy to someone else. And, you know, packs him up and, and then brings him over to Bonnie because they have that connection. She's not a total random stranger. Like, it's very clear throughout the movie that their parents know each other and they're familiar with each other. And so sees Bonnie in the front yard and says, hey, I have something for you. And, you know, she's like, oh, my cowboy doll. He's like, what? <laughs> That's mine. No. <laughs> Excuse, right. Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> right. And, and I totally can see, like, when you're giving something up, how you kind of have that moment of regret. Like, maybe I don't want to do this. No, maybe I actually want to keep this. You know what I mean? And and so he kind of has that where it's like, no, that's the one I was going to keep. And part of me is almost like, I understand you want to get rid of everything. But, like, that was your, supposedly, the, the story is that that was his dad's cowboy. Don't know if it's actually true. The, the theories. Yes. You know, but anyway, that in either way, out of all the toys, that was the most important one to him of all time. And so part of me is like, you don't even want to keep it for your kids? Yeah. You know, and so I do feel a little sad for that. But, you know, then you break up the gang and that's not as rewarding, I guess. But Well, here's the thing. <laughs> this sounds kind of bad, but my oldest sister is 13 years older than me. And she has six kids now. And when she was first, like, getting married and having kids, like, I thought I was so, like, giving. And I gave some of my, like, favorite things to her for her kids. And even today, there's times when I'm like, I kind of like that back. <laughs> I'm like, huh. Because there's these mm -hmm. moments of, like, I still have that, like, memory tied to that. I'm like, hmm. Now the kids yes. are, like, kind of out of that out of that phase, I, I wouldn't mind keeping it. Right. It's just like my Pocahontas dolls that I mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. I felt so bad that I had getting, gotten rid of those and I wanted to keep them that I like went and found them on eBay and bought like replacements. And they weren't the exact same ones, but it's like, no, well, these are mine. They <laughs> represent <laughs> what I had. It's my Cherry Mary Muffin doll. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm positive someone is going to send Chelsea in the next little bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or I okay. might just buy one for you, Chelsea. If that's what, really what you want in your life. I'm okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> save, save your dollars. But, I mean, I totally see why Andy is reluctant to get rid of his favorite cowboy. Right. I would be too. And especially with, like... The fact that Woody has been so loyal. He is the most loyal of all of them. And granted, it was because he was his favorite toy since kindergarten. But even through the buzz age, you know, it was there was a, a time where he still went back to good old Woody. He's the fave. And Woody just is just is reciprocative. Reciprocate. Re reciprocated. Reci <laughs> he reciprocates. <laughs> yes. So it makes that moment even more of a tear. 
of like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm getting rid of this. This thing is ending and it's, it hurts. It's the end of an era. It's sad. It's hard. Yeah. But he takes it. I mean, both of them sort of take it like a champ. You know, Andy goes on his way. And then, you know, likewise, Woody and the crew. And so long, partner. I mean, that's some of the most iconic lines in any Pixar film. Yeah. There's so much attached to that. So much emotion. And this is the moment where everyone is bawling in the theaters. Yeah. And he's... Like, even then, like, he takes that moment to move on and, but he, he also embraces it and says, hey guys, oh, Buzz, you haven't met, you haven't met the new toys. Mm -hmm. You know, these are Bonnie's friends. This is this person. This is this person. And, you know, it's, they're starting, starting fresh and doing cool things. And then the end credits, that Paso Doble scene. (laughs) Well, I like how they go (laughs) back and they show, they show that, you know, Sunnyvale, not Sunnyvale, dang it. (laughs) Sunnyside is they really come to be cool and groovy over there (laughs) and they're like tag teaming with the with the caterpillar room everybody's taking turns okay guys your turn go (laughs) yeah it's like a totally different vibe and and things have changed and it's so much better and happier and everyone's having a great time and a great life man those dictators man you got to get rid of them (laughs) seriously They bring no joy, no happiness. <laughs> this does not spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of this dictator. Done. <laughs> but, I mean, it just does so well. And I think that was why everyone was so upset when they, like, <sighs> dual-sided of, like, emotionally upset when they decided to do number four. Totally. I mean, they just announced, like, another on Pixar's page, you know, Hey, come in. You know, there was this post-it notes that in the shape of a four and the majority of the comments are just not feeling it. And they say, what is this? Who asked for this? You ended it perfectly. We don't need this. We don't want this, you know, and it's, but we're all going to still see it. I know we all are. Of course <laughs> we are. Cause I mean the, the threes, the Toy Story one, two and three were mostly focused around Woody. I mean, mm-hmm. really, they are, they're focused around the, the community of toys, but, and they had their like subplots going on, but it's really Woody is the main guy. And so I think maybe for four, do they, do they switch it up and go with like follow Bo Peep? Where did she go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Bo? Hopefully we find out or maybe not. Maybe it's too gruesome. No. Oh. <laughs> she was made of porcelain, you know, like. It's true. That falling off the nightstand could have happened and ended horribly for her. And then they just didn't tell Woody or Buzz yeah, exactly like, what happened. He can't see her body. <laughs> he can't see her like this. <laughs> oh, man. Gruesome, man. All right. All right. So I guess we'll find out Toy Story 4, what, has, what it has in store. It comes out in 2019. So about a year from now, we will finally get to see what all the hullabaloo is about. But until then, we're signing off on this episode with Toy Story 3 and this series, which is actually kind of interesting. So, oh, I, I'm jumping that too quickly. Um, I need to rate it. What would I rate this? I mean, I give this one a perfect three, a perfect five stars. There's nothing wrong with this. There's It's crafted so amazingly well, and I feel it. Like this time, I, I've watched the first time through with commentary, 
And even with commentary, not listening to the dialogue, just looking at the faces and having somebody else talk about the movie and like about what was going on, I totally teared up and I was totally crying because it had like subtitles on the bottom too because you're kind of reading it. Anyway, point is, I still cried. And that's just amazing. Great story writing and just execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Likewise, I give this five stars. I give every one of these movies in the franchise, one, two, and three, five stars, just because I feel they're all so good and so perfect and Mm -hmm. yet so different. And I feel like each one is almost better than the other. But then I go back and watch the original one or the second one. and, And there's just so many great, amazing things about each one. But Three, what I love is that it just takes it in a different direction. It's both dark and incredibly emotional. And it just builds on this world and these characters while introducing new characters. And they feel like they're just part of the gang. You have Ken and you have Bonnie's toys and you have Lotso. And it's it's not forced. It's just very natural progression of these stories and their these characters and their stories, which I think is cool. So... Yeah, I mean, Toy Story does it again. Not Toy Story. Pixar does it again and not surprised. And it's funny because we have so much hope that 4 will be good. You know, I I want 4 to be amazing. I want it to be a five-star film. I want it to be, you know, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, just like all the other ones, basically. And they're very, very high up there as far Mm -hmm. as being critically acclaimed. But I just... I feel like Disney, the parent company, just is very, very, very sequel happy right now with every single property that it owns, whether it's Marvel or Star Wars, or even it's trickling into Disney animation. And of course, we've seen it with Pixar that it just, there's a lot of fatigue there that I, I worry, I worry for four, but I'm not here to talk about four, I'm talking about three and it's perfect, perfect movie. Ken for life. <laughs> Ken for life. <laughs> Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Amy. I'm really looking forward to your Toy Story 3 podcast. This movie really brought out the feels for me since I was a kid when the original Toy Story came out, and I was in college for Toy Story 3. I always have to hold back the tears when Andy is having his last playtime with Bonnie, and it made me wish I had given some of my old toys a better farewell. I love that this movie also brings in humor with things like the tortilla and Buzz's Spanish mode and the use of the claw was so clever. I thought the plot was great, and I find it difficult to find a flaw in this movie, so I give it five out of five stars. It's so rare nowadays that the third movie in a franchise would be as fantastic as Toy Story 3 was, but this movie really delivered. Anyway, keep up the great work, Rotoscopers. I really enjoyed listening to your podcast. Thank you. Bye. Quiet, musical hog. Knock it off. Hello, this is Alex calling in to give my review of Toy Story 3. I love all three Toy Story films, but that wasn't always the case. When I first saw Toy Story 3, I merely liked it and thought that it was inferior to the first two films. However, after having watched this film 15 plus times, I can now say that it is on the same level if not even higher, than the first two films. One thing that I love about the story in this film is that it takes a darker turn when compared to the first two Toy Stories. 
I think that Lasso Hugging Bear is one of the best Pixar villains. And I think that the trash incinerator scene is the most emotional scene in any Pixar film. The voice acting is excellent as usual. The animation is absolutely mind-blowing, even for today's standards. And the new characters are just as enjoyable as the returning ones. Overall, I give this film 5 out of 5 stars and think that it is among Pixar's best. Bye! to Alex and Amy for those voicemails. Yeah, we you guys are just part of the club. We all loved it. <laughs> well, guys, we have finished. This was episode 169 of the Animation Addicts podcast. It's a lot of episodes, Morgan. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> we have been do we, we didn't really do a, a six year anniversary episode. You know, six years are such a hard year to celebrate. <laughs> it's not one of the big it's... milestones like one, five, ten. Just, right. You know, six. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. We we've been through a lot. We've had a lot of movies, a lot of guests, a lot of things go on. Some amazing opportunities that we've gotten over those last six years. I mean so many friends mm-hmm. I all of the all the patrons that we've been able to get to know over the last several years and just I mean just great people and I mean I got to tour different animation facilities here and there and right it's just so I mean lots of great things so I wanted to say thank you to you um, for having the idea and Really making it happen in the beginning all the way up to now. So thank oh, you. Anytime. Of course. Anytime. We start, <laughs> of course we were going to start a, an animation podcast. Chelsea, my animation super friend, had to be there. And one of the things that Chelsea and I have been talking about recently, it's actually kind of interesting that we're doing this movie Toy Story 3. And it wasn't necessarily planned, but... With this movie, there's a lot of concepts about moving on and and kind of going a new way and accepting that and being okay with change. And that kind of reflects how Chelsea and I feel right now about the podcast. Like, we love the podcast. And like Chelsea said, all these amazing opportunities and people we've met and things we've been able to talk about, new films we've been able to discover, and all the just so many incredible opportunities have come from the podcast and rotoscopers, but we feel that it's kind of time for a new chapter that the podcast, you know, needs to, needs to rest a little bit, needs some time. So. I mean, the thing is like, we both have really amazing things coming up and not to say that the, the podcast is any less of a, of a treasure in our lives, but it's just like right now we've just got a couple things that are kind of taken up most of our time for example morgan's about to have baby number two and you know with work and everything that's in her life and then with me i'm i'm actually right now putting together a indiegogo campaign to be able to finish off some albums that i've got coming on and i just doing a lot of really cool things that i've i haven't done yet and so i'm i'm excited for like different chapters in my life and different things that are coming around for me as well i guess what we kind of decided when we were talking is just how we needed to take some time to just kind of really give those 
um, opportunities in our lives, the time that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really where, it, where, what it comes down to. And just how when Mason left last year, he had to, to give that time to finishing up different goals in his life. And we are so happy for the different things that he's accomplished over this last year. And, and just, we've decided we're all still going to be around. For example, for the patrons, all of the patron group. So on the Facebook group, the patron group is still going to be there. We're not going to be charging the patrons right now, but we're still going to keep it there so that, you know, later on, if we do decide to come back, then we'll be able to have a way to keep in touch with people. We're also putting together a a mailing list for everybody who wants to be involved if there's something else going on in our individual lives. So it'll basically be a a check-in with, you know, what's going on with Morgan and Chelsea and even Mason too. Like we'll just, the brief updates of our lives. Cause I mean, we have been here for six years and we've celebrated some pretty amazing things. I've moved across the country twice and, and Morgan got married and has kids and Mason got married and is off doing his thing. And so like we have a lot of things and I feel like during that time we've created a bond, even though we don't, we not know all of you, we feel like you're part of our friend circle as well because that's really what we started this out to be we wanted to be those that group of friends that you sit around and you can talk to about just things that you love and nerd out when you want to and that's really how we see our relationship with you and we'd like to keep those relationships we definitely don't want you to feel like we have um we're we're leaving and never coming back we're just kind of taking our time to taking a break taking a break. Yeah. Yeah. So I know for me, I feel, you know, sometimes that sometimes when you can step away from something, then when you come back, you can be that much more invigorated and excited. And I feel that's really what Chelsea and I each need, especially since we do have so many other projects and things in our lives that we're kind of being pulled in a variety of directions. And so sometimes the best thing you can do is really focus on just one thing or a few things. And I feel that's what we need to do right now. And the podcast, uh, it needs to, you know, take a little breather, take a break to allow those other things to flourish. Yeah. So we just, we want to make sure that these relationships aren't lost because you guys have been so great with us and for us and to us. And also one thing, the website is still staying up. So rotoscopers.com is going to be business as usual with news stories and reviews and interviews. So we still have a thriving team of writers and contributors who help with that. You know, the, the the podcast is one facet of the rotoscopers and that's just being on hold for now. But these other that are around are still going. And I think the website being one of the biggest ones, because, you know, the, the website actually has provided a lot of opportunities for different people. We know mm. a lot of our writers have gotten job opportunities, some in the industry, some not just by being able to help out and volunteer. And, you know, I really think that's something special that we've been able to provide and want to keep that going. And I know the Rotoscopers is a place where people go for their animation news and their discussion and friends like you sort of where they can have that community. So that's still going to be around. So don't worry about that. And then we do have the YouTube channel. Haven't really been as active on the YouTube channel. Again, you know, when you have so many different things going, eventually you kind of have to focus on just one or two. And recently YouTube hasn't necessarily been as big of a focus, but it's still there and still, um, you know, open for when Chelsea and I want to post videos. We can. 
on YouTube, I'm still going to be doing random reviews because I really like going to mm-hmm. see free movies. <laughs> right, right. You're still pressed. You got to hold on to I'm that. Like, I get to hold Save. on to that one, so I'm still going to do that one. Um, I get to be play the awesome aunt and bring in all of my nieces and nephews that really want to see random movies that I'm like, eh, sure, I'll I'll win those aunt, awesome aunt points. Um, and so like there's and there's just movies you want to see, but and like Morgan said, like all of these this the podcast will still be up you will still be able to listen to all of the episodes we're also going to be as we mentioned for an incentive we're going to be posting a couple of the rotor rewatch episodes on our mailing list as well so if you were not a patron but you would still like to listen to a couple of those episodes like you still want to extend the rotoscopers jam a little longer make sure to um, check in with that because that'll be We'll have a couple of those coming Yeah, if you, you go to rotoscopers.com slash newsletter, that's where you can sign up there for that. Mm-hmm. So this in and of itself is not our last episode because we thought that it would be really bad of us to just kind of like, yep, see you guys. <laughs> but <laughs> instead, this is kind of like telling you guys that our next episode will be a voicemail listening party. So... If you feel like you would like to relive a moment with us that you had with, you know, some favorite moments of the podcast that you'd like to share, make sure to to do that. We would love to hear from you. And this will be one of those really cherished episodes for us to know that we played a little part in your life as much as you guys have played a part in ours. So if you want to do that, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or you can also use our phone number, which is 406-646-6575. So please, we would love to hear from you. And that will all, that's what next episode is going to be is just listening to you guys and, and rehashing some fun times. So yay. <laughs> Woohoo! All right. So until next time, <laughs> we are the rotoscopers. <laughs> know, do you want to say anything else? No, no. I was just, I was just a so funny, like uh, until next. Well, cause okay. I was about to it's cough as harder. well. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're almost choking up. It was really funny. <laughs> I am. It's sad. It's emotional. It is sad. Until next time, guys. We are the Rubberstaters. Are you not me with me? In the end? Question mark? (laughs) Okay. And two weeks later, MuggleCast is back. Hey, Hey, guess what? So they decided to make a huge announcement. We're back. (laughs) Right. Will they be worth right something? Now, if, anything, if, if anything right now is like, ugh, I have these because of the hope that one day they'll be worth something, along with all the other millions of people who happen to have these cool collectibles. I feel the same way. We have Beanie Baby Collection, and I'm just like, Mom and Dad, please just like get rid of it. Like donate it, you know? And, and they can't because they're like, ah. Oh. This was such a, we spent so much time looking for these. We found these. And I'm like, ah, but that's a sunk cost. It's in the past. (laughs) Sunk cost. (laughs) (laughs) This should not go into your decision going forward. All the time, money and investment is just, just move on. It's like, I'd like to use this bathroom closet. Thank you. But it's stuffed with beanie babies. (laughs) See, the funny thing is, is, 
I, I was thinking like maybe we should like go online and just sell our beanie babies morgan you mean you know, these are you, rotoscoper original beanie babies you can go on ebay and you know <laughs> they they're on there trust me they're still I there don't doubt it. um they're not making very much there are some like the super rare ones that actually surprisingly i'm like huh really like are you just posting it for that much wishful <laughs> thinking or are people legit still buying beanie babies for a couple hundred if not thousands of dollars i remember the old dark blue peanut are you just taking the list price from that book that you got the collector's we album had this, we had this beanie baby book that had like all the gen one and gen two poke not pokemon <laughs> we had a book about those two but beanie babies and how much it was worth in 1998 dollars and then right. like projected i think it was 10 years later it was like 2008 value <laughs> oh my gosh my siblings and i like I, I did an instagram story or snapchat about it one time and it was we were going through and it was like Oh, sick. It's going to be worth $300 in 10 years. And if you go and look those up on eBay, it's like, definitely not. $5. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like this dark blue peanut. I don't know if these ones are real or authentic. Uh, Maybe this one is $825. At the time, I believe the dark blue peanut was like thousands of dollars. And this is $825 or best offer. Free shipping, you know, like 25, <laughs> but oh. then there's someone else who claims to have one and I'm, Oh, it's a beanie buddy. Stupid beanie buddies are basically Those are not the same. <laughs> no, they're oversized because they're like, okay, what can we do to branch off with this? Okay. Let's just do even bigger. But I mean, these will all go in the bloopers. So, but I have a question about that. <laughs> like at what point in time, did somebody, like, the marketing on that whole thing was just amazing. Oh, they like, got how us did hook, we, hook, line, How and did we get so bamboozled? <laughs> right. And then there was even the McDonald's ones that people would go out. I remember going uh-huh. with my mom and my aunts and uh-huh. cousins. And we'd go, like, we'd heard that a certain McDonald's had, you know, this particular one. So we go out there and, and get it, and I'm just you buy like twelve different <laughs> Happy Meals. Meals. Can I just? Now we're I throwing away all eat. of this food. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, it's oh gosh, good times. Good times. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the, the dark blue peanuts going up for about you know eight hundred twenty-five dollars. But then every once in a while, you get one that's posted for you know twenty-five dollars. Rare, authentic, like just to sure, just to lower the other one. <laughs> sure, suddenly you're going for twenty five bucks. This is so annoying now. It's like you can't even do like an impression of someone with a different accent without being like, "Oh, that's racist." Like, what if no. I do your accent? I'll be Morganist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have an accent? I maybe they they say I do your accent all the time because we sound alike. <laughs> That probably wasn't funny, was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she had she had dark curly hair, and it was and it wasn't like a Barbie. No, it was only about maybe four inches tall, and uh, dark curly hair, and it had like these streamer type things in her hair. I have I have a picture. Is it Cherry Mary Muffin dolls? Maybe I'm sending you a link. <laughs> <laughs> we will figure this out. The, to the Google. Okay, chat. 
<laughs> I mean, this kind of matches the picture. She has curly hair. She has some sort of weird other thing in her hair. It's brown. Um, says this. I had this one. She was scented like chocolate. <laughs> it looks to be about four inches. I remember those muffins. Yes. Yes, that was her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was totally her. (laughs) Guys, if you want to send Chelsea a birthday (laughs) present, find her a cherry Mary Muffin Girl, the (laughs) chocolate-scented one. I remember that pan of muffins. I don't remember these dolls, but I remember somebody I know had this, like, muffin and would use it for the Barbies. Yeah, we. Did. I I remember all of those accessories, and I remember having that little like, like I don't even know what that is. Like it's a it's a cup on a with a thing. I don't know, <laughs> but it's I don't even know what that is. But I remember <laughs> having it. And, okay, it's a smoothie cup thing, but I don't know. <laughs> man, I remember her, and the dress would come off. And so it's like it became a little bathing suit. But yeah, those you see how her bangs have like these like streamer streamers. type. They're not streamers. They're like I don't know what they but were, but it was like some extra pieces of hair that's more sparkly. Sparkly yeah, there's hair. sparkles yeah. and things. <laughs> it was oh man. So wow. here's here's some other flavors of the cherry Mary muffin. There's grape scented. Greta Ooh. grape is her name. There's cherry scented. Cherry Mary Muffin, of course, the blonde. Can't go. And there's <laughs> Betty Berry, who I'm assuming smells like berries. And then chocolate scented Chocolati was her name. <laughs> <laughs> I had Chocolati. Chocolati. I think that's our title. <laughs> awesome. <sighs> Good times. Look uh, this up real quick. Only if it still Cherry smells like chocolate. Berry muffin. <laughs> Choco Lottie. (laughs) I mean, you could get the whole lot for $6 (laughs) and $4 shipping. Or, hold on, I'm finding this. hmm, Chocolate drop. (laughs) Turn around, Chocolati. Oh, that looks like a ghetto one. I'm not into that one. Yours had sparkle in the hair. These ones don't have sparkle. There's different versions. But you, basically, for a grand total of about 5 to $10, Chelsea, you can have your childhood back. This one's even in the uh, <laughs> the original packaging for $250. $28 shipping. Mm, call and bull on that. That thing is about four inches. Okay. You don't need $28 <laughs> shipping. But anyway, that's up for you, Chelsea, if you really would like it back. I'm okay. You know, you know where to find it. <laughs> eBay is your friend. I know, I I know where to find it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for finding it and and Anytime. telling you, helping me with that mystery of what that doll was. <laughs> okay, we're recording that, right? I yeah, the whole thing is recorded. Shall I push stop now? Yes.